0: Hello, this is Dude Josh, one half of the Two Dudes podcast, here to give you some bittersweet news. When we recorded our first three episodes, we did it as 100% brand new, complete amateurs, and we realized after the fact of fixing it that our audio sounds kind of low and really echoey, like me and Taft recorded this in a giant empty church or something like that. But it is what it is, and we stand by our work. So... If you have the opportunity to listen to this podcast without headphones, you will be able to cut out a lot of the echo. And if you can't, we understand. We just ask that you bear with us. And if you can't, please check back with us for our fourth episode, where our recording is much better, our editing, audio, everything is the highest quality of content that we can make. And that's what we want to do for you guys. So please enjoy our first three episodes. And we can't wait to hear back from you on our Twitter, at at 2 dudes Podcast to see what you think. So without further ado, here is our very first episode
1: The Phantom Rewrite. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of 2 Dudes in a Podcast. I'm Dude Taft, and with me as always is my co-host, a dude named Josh. Josh and I have been friends for six years now. We became friends working at a restaurant together talking about nerdy stuff all day, so we figured we should make a podcast out of it.
0: So this podcast is going to be our thoughts, opinions, and discussion on all things pop culture and
1: nerdy. Uh, Fair warning, this is an adult podcast using adult language. So we figured what better way to start off our podcast than the way that we started off our friendship, Star Wars. Uh, So to start off our podcast, we're going to do a short series on how we
0: would rewrite some of the Star Wars movies. Uh, We're going to start off with rewriting episode one, The Phantom Menace. And we're going to tentatively call this first episode... The Phantom Rewrite.
1: Exactly. So I would say, objectively, that the first... Like, The Phantom Menace is probably the worst Star Wars movie. I would argue that it's Attack of the Clones. I know you have a more soft spot for that film. I have a soft spot, one, spot for that one specifically because it was a very big chart of my, part of my childhood.
0: And that's fair. The, this is how we started. I remember... I think the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Attack of the Clones.
1: See, the first one I ever saw in theaters was... Uh, I I specifically remember to this day going see the Revenge of the Sith in theaters. That was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Yeah, that, uh, no,
0: this was my first movie period that I remember seeing in theaters. I think enough. that no. might have been like my actual first film. But
1: yeah, I remember I rem- specifically remember that one because I was so scared I was going to get arrested that day because my brother used his fake ID at a restaurant. <laughs> and right after that, we went and all went and saw the movie. Yeah.
0: So. Overall, what are your thoughts on the prequels just before we really get started? I think there are really good things in it that uh, a failure on screenwriting, you know, didn't didn't look really—I don't know how to put,
1: put my words together. It didn't go as well as they should have with the ideas that they actually have. See, I agree. I think that they were horribly rushed. I think that that is their biggest problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree that the screenwriting had some issues with it. But I think that they just tried to do too much and too little of a time. I think George Lucas was trying to go ahead and shove a lot of information into one, uh, into each movie, and it just didn't work.
0: Yeah, because that was really. The prequels expanded Star Wars in a really big way. uh, That, you know, if we didn't have the books, then all we would have is the original trilogy. So that really expanded its universe in terms of just the movie going audience.
1: Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think that the first two are rushed. I think that the pacing on on the third one, *Revenge of the Sith*, is actually excellent. Yeah, the pacing was really good. That was a great
0: action adventure, really dramatic, really hits you where you live in terms of being a Star Wars fan.
1: I agree. No, I think that that one was. I think that's the only good of Pre- the movie of the prequels because mm-hmm. I think it's actually a very good movie. Like, I think when we get to that one, I will have a tough time rewriting that one. Yeah. There's there's a, there's some things but it'll probably it'll definitely be a shorter <laughs> episode in our series. I think that probably this one will be our our longest one.
0: Yeah. First episode first uh, of a series, so it will be. And also before we really get started into rewriting the Phantom Menace, I just want to make something really clear to the Star Wars fans. We are not touching the originals. We are not rewriting that. That is gospel.
1: Yeah, no. To rewrite
0: that is blasphemy. And we don't deserve to have a podcast if we think that's a good idea.
1: If you think that the first Star Wars movies are bad, then you, you're you wrong, first off. And second off, then, like, if you think... Fight me. We'll fight about it. If you think, but, like, yeah, if we'll, you we'll think talk, the first we'll Star Wars movies it. are bad, you're
0: not, watching this, you're not listening to this podcast. You're just not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh, you want to get us started? Yeah. So, I kind of have had a, a little scene-by-scene scene breakdown of, you know, how I remember the movie. Uh, having recently watched it, like two or three months ago, as we normally just binge all the movies. Fair enough. Uh, so I want to start off the film, you know, after the opening crawl, which in theory, we should rewrite the opening crawls for the rest of the series. Good idea. Put that that,
1: that would probably be a, yeah, that's probably like a little, like on our little side show that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. So, so we start off
0: on Coruscant in the Jedi temple. Uh, the council is assigning four Jedi to discuss trade negotiations with What will become the Separatist leaders. Um, I really want this mission to be assigned by Dooku. Master Dooku. I really
1: want to bring in Dooku in the first film. I mean, why would it be Master Dooku to do it, not Yoda? I get that you want to bring in Dooku Mm -hmm. for the first film, but that just position just doesn't make sense to me. Fair enough. Um, In Legends,
0: Dooku is number two. uh, But before he he leaves, and that's where Mace Windu gets there. So to me, it makes sense that Dooku would assign the mission, and Yoda would, you know, be you know, there to, like, fill in details and give words of advice to to the Jedi who are going. You know, it does
1: actually kind of make sense since they send Qui-Gon because Dooku was Qui-Gon's master. Yeah, so, you know, with better writers than we are, we can make that work pretty yeah. well. Um, so I really want to
0: uh, introduce Dooku early in the film because Dooku is going to be such a presence uh, after his turn in, in the second and third film. Uh, I want to, you know, once we go to have these negotiations, I want to introduce... The Independent System Commission. I'm switching the the name of the CIS, Confederation of Independent Systems. Okay. I really want it to be a, a group within the Senate, like like kind of like a political party in, in a way. Okay. Um, to really be
1: like, this has been going on for a long time. The, these bad feelings. I um, mean, I think that that is kind of hinted at. I don't really think that that's mm-hmm. much talked about, but I think the fact that they are a confederate, yeah, or a confederacy. Does kind of show that there has been some time, and the fact that they're willing to even do negotiations shows mm-hmm. that it, it hints at that there's been some sort of like time pass, yeah, some sort of falling out within the Senate.
0: Um, so our four Jedi arrive, and we're gonna introduce young Obi Wan Kenobi, Qui Gon Jinn, and then just two just other people, two You know where I'm going who with gets, this. Who cares? Yeah, uh, two meat sacks. What, what color are their lightsabers? um blue and green we're gonna have we're wannabe. gonna have a, have a mimic of obi-wan and uh okay is is Qui-Gon. it another master and padawan or is it yeah just... it's it's uh it doesn't necessarily have to be a jedi master it could be a knight or something like that, but someone in a position to have a padawan i want a a, a, a mimic of obi-wan and qui-gon and kind of establish maybe through th- through some dialogue and some humor that they're friends that they have gone on missions together okay kind of things of importance um so we go into negotiations, and the Jedi don't budge. They're on the side of the Senate. Um, and from there, you know, they say, you know, let's just take a breather. Let's just have a break. So from there, the four Jedi are meditating on what to do next, how to, um, you know, go about their mission, how to succeed and be in terms with the Jedi Code, the Council, and the Senate. From there, they're meditating, and then you hear,
1: and you see yellow eyes. Okay, so all four of the Jedi are in the same room mm-hmm. when my boy yeah, Maul pops up? It's going to be real quick. Okay. You hear
0: – the way I kind of see it is that Maul gets in between the two you know, meat sacks that we have there to just die, pops his lightsabers, and dips. Like, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan don't even see the lightsaber. Like, they hear it. They, well, they will see it. They hear it, shoots out, kills them
1: both. Like, he just goes in between and ignites and then leaves. I, A okay. true Sith assassin. I'm gonna change it up a little bit. We'll go for it. I think that the two meat sacks mm-hmm. should be should stay in the room and meditate, mm-hmm. and I think that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan should be pulled away by a messenger. Okay, they go they go like to talk about it and stuff like that, and seconds after they leave, Maul pops up. Yeah, but you really have to. I think that there should just be a step like a separation between the two. That way, when Maul and Obi-Wan come back, the Jedi are dead and they don't know what's happened. Mm-hmm. They oh. think that it's probably the. Uh, they think that it's probably the Confederacy or whatever you called them mm-hmm. that is doing it, which then requires them to then flee. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think that would be good. if, And if we allow our Jedi, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan to see the body,
1: they'll see that was a lightsaber. And they'll be like, what the fuck? You know? Uh, okay. And so maybe even change that up. They don't find the bodies. The Confederacy finds the bodies and then something goes on that causes them to have to leave. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that's going to be a very – to see that somebody else is using a lightsaber is a very telling thing. Yeah. And so I think that that needs to wait until later on to when they figure out, all right, we're fighting something. We're fighting the Sith.
0: Yeah. Um, And the reason I really want the Jedi to be meditating here in this scene is because I want to show the arrogance of the Jedi to where they can't even feel the dark side right next to them. And then you can say it was a, like a force cloak or, or one of those Maul abilities, but for the average going movie person, they will understand. Like, oh shit, they were just blind to
1: it. I mean, and that goes on to illustrate and kind of foreshadow that Palpatine in yeah. the future is walking among them. The dark, the evilest of evil, mm-hmm. is among them at all times. He's surrounded by Jedi. Yeah, every and no single one day. knows.
0: Yeah. Um, so Maul assassinates our two meat sacks. And Obi Wan and Qui have to flee. You know, they take a ship. The Confederacy goes after them. They have to crash in Tatooine. Um, but before we go into Tatooine, I really want to say that the Naboo invasion kind of goes on how it did in the movie. I really like the taking over,
1: even with the Jar Jar. Not without the Jar Jar.
0: <laughs> there is no Jar Jar in and, and Josh's version of the. Rewrite. Okay, I just
1: had to. I just had to make sure because that's the biggest mistake that Luke that George Lucas made is yeah. Jar Jar Banks for
0: sure. And and. Ha- well, we'll we'll get to that point later. Um, so, the Naboo, the, the Naboo invasion begins. Droids round up civilians, and there is where you introduce Padme. She's a little, you know, she's I want to say around nineteen twenty.
1: Okay, I mean she's sixteen, I believe, in the movie. Yeah.
0: So I, I guess you can keep you her can keep the same her at age. sixteen. I think that that's um, a fair fair choice. Yeah. So we have the queen reluctantly fleeing, like she's begrudgingly listening to her advisor saying like you need to go okay you need to go and hide so you
1: can come back and and kick these droids ass all right question all right do we at this point like are you keeping the padme like the reveal that padme is actually the queen nope
0: i'm 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 keeping padme and anakin separate
1: Uh, no i'm i'm just saying like are you keeping the like because at this point we don't know that padme is queen Mm -hmm. are you keeping that um, reveal there, or no, are you getting I'm c- getting
0: rid of that reveal. Like here, it's like this is Queen Amidala. This is Queen Padme Amidala. Okay, and because I thought that reveal was, I thought it was unnecessary
1: in, in the in Phantom Menace. So I was talking to Josie about this before mm-hmm. I got here actually, and she was saying about how it's just another step to show that the love between Anakin and Padme is forbidden. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fair, but she's no longer queen in the second movie when the love really starts to happen. Yeah. No. So I think that it was ultimately a if it was it was cool in legends, like in the books and stuff like that. Yeah. If you read the Darth Plagueis book, it's cool in that. Yeah. Because she's so young when she becomes queen, which has never been done before. Mm-hmm. And it makes her into kind of a badass politician. That doesn't illustrate any of that in Yeah the in movies. In, in terms of the film, I think the
0: average Star Wars film runs about two and a half hours. I think really introducing uh, a reveal arc for Padme is a waste of time. It is. I think we need. I think we really need to establish the Sith and the arrogance of the Jedi right out the gate, because you get hints of that in in Episode Three, which I feel is super late to be bringing that in. Uh, so to continue on. Um, the Naboo invasion against Padme leaves but you see Padme being a strong leader saying so like no I'm not going to abandon my people I know what's right I know what's right but she begrudgingly leaves to fight another day essentially. Fair enough. And the movie is two hours and 16 minutes. There it is. So then it's time to bring in the chosen one. Time to bring in Anakin Skywalker into the plot.
1: Yeah. You got to go to Tatooine. You have to go to Tatooine.
0: That is established in episode four that's with Luke
1: that is the origin of the skywalkers is All that right. planet another little like critique um or not critique but idea mm-hmm. so i was also talking to Josie about this what if since if you really look at it tatooine and naboo are polar opposites yeah they're completely different. Mm-hmm. what if you reshot like not reshot the scenes or anything like that but mm-hmm. change like the camera filter on them to like change like like you have a brighter more lush like put like a blue filter over Naboo Mm -hmm. which kind of makes everything pop a little bit more makes it look a little bit nicer Mm -hmm. and a red or orange filter on have like that beating sun type feel have it just feel just feel nasty but feel but have Naboo even though it's at war still feels idyllic yeah that'd be cool and
0: I think you can do some really strong symbolism with the invasion of of the droid army going Mm -hmm. into Naboo like you kind of See these beautiful, lush
1: towers and buildings getting destroyed. Um, I think it also would have been interesting to see Palpatine on Naboo when they like during the roundup, mm-hmm. because that's, that's where he's from. Yeah,
0: that's that's really my biggest issue with my own personal rewrite and how I did it is where do I bring in
1: Palpatine? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting um, to, to have him be like on like or like fleeing with Padme. Exactly. Not mm-hmm. necessarily fleeing with Padme, but maybe pushing her to flee. Yeah, because he's trying to push her into Mall's Maul's Arms. Yeah. That's, that's... Yeah. Keep that idea because I don't have that idea in my rewrite.
0: See, this is why... This is why it's two dudes. Yeah. Two halves of a whole idiot just exactly.
1: works. Make one whole idiot. Yeah.
0: Uh, So we, we continue on on Tatooine. Uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan crash and we need to fix the hyperdrive or whatever sci-fi part you want to say. Um, I think the biggest issue that... George Lucas ran into was casting, uh, Jake Lloyd, young Anakin. He you needs to be have aged had, up. You should have just had Hayden Christensen all three movies.
1: See, I can I can understand not doing Hayden Christensen all three movies, but mm-hmm. I do definitely think that you need to age up Anakin mm-hmm. to at the very youngest his early teens. Yeah, because uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, my suggested age is fifteen. Huh? My suggested age is, is around 15 years. Okay, old. I, I can I can even I can even concede a 13 year old. Yeah, but he is 8 years old in that movie, and it's a really kind of creepy that he like that Padme it, is giving an 8 year old any attention at all. Exactly. Like it's okay that he's giving her attention because like it's a little, little boy crushes. crush, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Whatever. Who cares? Every little boy's had that crush mm-hmm. on his, on an older girl. But the fact that Padme's not exactly. Not returning the advances. She's not not yeah. returning and that's those feelings. Weird. And it kind of creeps me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you can say like, oh, it's not that she's returning the feelings. It's just that like she's like, oh, he has a crush on me. How cute. Mm-hmm. The next movie, they're fucking. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, um, you, can't you're not say, wrong. you can't say that she's not, there's nothing there. That she's not at least slightly intrigued that this eight-year-old is giving her <laughs> doomy eyes. Yeah
0: um I definitely definitely need to age that up because the kind of weird thing is Anakin also traveled across the entire galaxy and couldn't find any other pretty
1: creature, <laughs> Twi'lek, human, whatever that fit his fancy. I mean, ex- after yeah, after meeting Padme, yeah. yeah. I mean, we talk we'll talk about in the second episode yeah, well,
0: that the second episode we're going to have to become like love Arthur's because George Lucas is
1: not Yeah, because freak because Anakin is in love with Padme literally his entire life. Yeah. From the second that he meets her mm-hmm. to when he dies in episode six, he's in love with Padme Amidala. Yeah. And shout out to the Darth Vader comics for really putting that home.
0: The, that's the best thing came out of the Disney uh, you know, canon. So we age up Anakin, and we get right off the bat, he's really strong in the Force. And I would have him using minor abilities I would have him working in a shop, you know, working on his pot or doing something for uh, Watto, the the his master, his slave master. And I would see Anakin like pulling something, and then you have, you know, a, an object float into frame, and
1: he just grabs that and puts that in the in the pot. I don't think so, mm-hmm. because at that point, that shows that he kind of has some control over the Force. Okay, and that. Kind of like he doesn't know about the force when, yeah, it's, it's brand new, it's, it's brand new to him, so, him. so like it, he wouldn't have any control over it. I can kind of maybe see like he doesn't know about it, but he knows that he can do these things. But somebody on Tatooine knows about the force, yeah, and is gonna see that and try and do something about it, or like, yeah, because even the then, sla- cause that's gonna be like that's mm-hmm. gonna be an expensive, expensive slave if they can do something with their mind. Yeah. Like, we even see in episode eight that the little kid hides the fact that he can do the Force. Okay, then then maybe pull something like that, where the kid is just
0: casually doing it. Or like, maybe Anakin's under his pod, and he goes to reach for something, and it's
1: just like a few inches out of reach, but it comes to him anyway. And I can, yeah, as, as long as he doesn't think that somebody's watching him. He can't do yeah. it when somebody's around. Yeah, exactly. And but that's kind of what tips them off. Yeah, but have, have Qui-Gon notice some minute Force ability
0: that, Anakin may not even realize, or maybe he fully does realize. And all that's, right, question. All right, do you give Anakin a dad? No, because I am a fan of the Darth Plagueis book. I thought that was really good. It, because he is the Chosen One, and I know he and is, I can, I can, has this such force potential to where he is a messiah figure, to where divine intervention or immaculate conception. Works. It works for me personally as a Star Wars fan. I really enjoyed the Darth Plagueis book by James Lucino. I enjoyed
1: in- the books as well, but I really didn't like the fact that Plagueis kind of is his daddy. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really like that. Fair I, enough. I it can is. get behind a fourth ba- force baby, but honestly, I think it would have been a lot cooler mm-hmm. if his dad was a strong Jedi or something like that that had died was dead mm-hmm. no longer no longer around or something like that and it's just kind of hinted at that he's a jedi it's not ever talked about yeah. or anything like that but it gives the fans a little taste of something it gives a discussion topic and it mm-hmm. gives an explanation that's not he's a force baby
0: i can I s- respectfully disagree i i could, i see the merits of your point but then you have to go further back you have to go further back about the skywalker legacy instead of having your hard origin. No, no, no. This is the Messiah. This is the chosen one.
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying dad, dad, came, dad came around, hung mm-hmm. around on Tatooine for like a month, mm-hmm. knocked up mama and left. Or we can go really dark and say it was Palpatine. Or we could say it was <laughs> Palpatine. You know, like we could mm-hmm. just give him a dad who's okay. actually in the series and stuff like that and kill him off, knock him out, do whatever you want to do with him. But just make his dad a strong force user who was not a Skywalker. Don't give him the name. Mm-hmm. That way it's no longer the Skywalker saga. I'm yeah. fine with that. We just know that Mama and Jedi Daddy or Sith Daddy yeah, went ahead and did the deed. Or maybe, or maybe you make Plagueis a human or, or and something like that. Yeah, maybe. Ma- make Plagueis a human. And I think that actually would probably be a really interesting choice, that Plagueis knew of like a theory. Because like, Plagueis' whole thing is about making the person who's going to bring down the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And he's, he knows of a prophecy that says his child will be the one to bring down the prophecy or something like that. Or he does... Yeah something within himself to make sure that the kid that he has is for, very Force-sensitive or something. That'd be interesting. Okay. But I, do, I think that just straight Force baby is a little weird and okay. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because that's the only time we ever see anything like that in any Star Wars is mm-hmm. that Anakin is the only kid born of the Force. Yeah. I didn't know the Force had DNA.
0: Well, I, do you bring in midi chlorians? I'd like... Let's <laughs> not even talk about that. <laughs> but there was there was something and. Lord help me! I don't remember who did it. I wish I can give them the proper shout out they deserve. They made a little animation uh, before Episode Eight came out and fucked Star Wars up a little bit and really shook up the fan base. Yeah. There was uh, a little animation of Luke, kind of telling the history of the Force as best that they knew it, and Luke essentially tells Ray there used to be this train of thought, this theory, the scientific theory that the Force was made up of midi chlorians, and then you know, maybe he goes back, Luke goes back and finds like the ancient Jedi text and gets a better answer than midi midichlorians. And that's how you write in episode eight. Okay. Um, but that's just, that's a retcon, uh, that some fan made, you know, keeping the original films canon. And that's not what we not, we're doing. We're saying fuck canonicity for our rewrites. Exactly. <laughs> this is, this is our canon. This is yeah. our fan. This is take. our, this is head canon. Yeah. This is Josh and Taft's head canon. So, uh, all right, I'll, I'll go with it. So,
1: do you want to say that Plagueis was daddy? It's or? your rewrite. That was just my idea. I just don't all like right. that he's a force baby. I kind of like he's a force baby. Then we'll keep it as he's a force baby. He's right. he's a, a force baby.
0: Um so we see him minorly using the force, and Qui-Gon has to pick up on it because I really did like Obi-Wan's prequel arc to get to where, to get to Alec Guinness. Of he was an arrogant Jedi. He fell into all the same trappings and failures that the Jedi did, but if he didn't have Qui-Gon, he would have died. He would have failed and can even harder than what he did. Because after episode 3, after the fall of the Jedi, you know, and after the the, the, the depression and the hermitness and the isolation that he went through, he became a light side user. He he transcended
1: the Jedi order at the end of his life. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, been. if we're going at it, he does actually study under Qui-Gon mm-hmm. again. After, yeah, when he's that's on very Tatooine true, and stuff like very, that. Because they even say like that's canon, because mm-hmm. they say in the uh, in episode three that your master, like your old master, is there. Quagon. exactly. Yeah. So that's all right. So it has to be Quagon that finds him.
0: Quagon is the light side user. That is the representative of what that is.
1: But we don't see that enough in the prequel, which we really need to do. Uh, so... See, so. Just as a clarification, the reason that Josh is talking so much is because Josh was in charge of going through the entire thing and rewriting the entire thing. And I am Mm -hmm. like, I'm the commentator. Like, I kind of toss in my ideas. And one of my things that I have in here is just a bullet point that says, more Qui Gon with other Jedi. Yeah. I would have really enjoyed seeing the interactions between Qui Gon Mm -hmm. and other Jedi because he's a very different person than the other Jedi. And I would
0: really enjoy seeing Dooku and Qui-Gon talk because Dooku is this guy who fell he turned to the dark side not so much out of well he did have a lust for dark side artifacts and and knowing the force as a whole but he turned because he hated the Jedi he hated Yoda he hated Mace Windu he hated Obi-Wan Kenobi because of the failures that the Jedi
1: had to let the Sith rise in the first place he thought that he thought that they were weak and cocky which Mm -hmm. they were cocky true I wouldn't say they were weak but they were definitely cocky yeah
0: um, so that that's definitely something that we'll address as we return to Coruscant after after we pick up Anakin off Tatooine. So we establish that Anakin can use the Force, whether he knows it or not. He just has these abilities. Um, and then we have Qui-Gon see him. And I think we needed to establish a scene. Instead of talking about midi-chlorians on that balcony at their house, you talk about the Force. You talk about it's this... You do the Alec Guinness speech that he gave to Luke in, in New Hoop.
1: It's, it's in us. It penetrates us. It's
0: all around us. It's all living things.
1: Because I think that even if midi chlorians was a thing, I do think that Qui Gon was definitely of a more spiritual mind. Yeah, Qui Gon was more of a philosopher than scientist. Exactly. For sure. So I think that that is definitely the way that he would have told it. Mm-hmm. Also, I wish we had seen Qui Gon more of a mentor. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, he's kind of a mentor in here. But he also kind of just manipulates Anakin into becoming a Jedi. Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he cheats on the dice. He doesn't tell him the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he's gonna go against the council, which I'm fine with, whatever. Which he's just he's not an incredibly honest person. He's a little bit manipulative. He's he's, he's almost, almost Dumbledore-ish in that case. Yeah, and in defense of Qui Gon.
0: just to play kind of devil's advocate to you, Qui-Gon was on a time crunch. He needed to get back to Naboo. He was like, I got to get this kid and go. To Qui-Gon's defense.
1: Yeah, no, I I I understand, but I just wish we had seen more of a nurturing thing from (laughs) Qui-Gon because I think that he, or not even nurturing, just a more educational, a more teacher kind of thing, not just like you're a kid, you'll be a kid. Yeah. Like, who cares? I'm going to teach you to be more than that. We don't, maybe, even, we don't even get, I'm going to teach you more than that. We just get, you're going to come back with me, and I'm going to teach you, but I'm not going to teach you right now.
0: Yeah. So a way, I think a way to do that is to have that force lesson, which is maybe not even a lesson, but like a lecture. To be like, you were on this tiny little isolated planet as a slave, but this is the world that you can inhabit. This is the universe that you can go and be a part of. And you kind of do that, really, and I think you bring in Obi-Wan, too, for that lesson. Because that kind of gives Obi-Wan that redemptive arc towards the Alec Guinness side of Obi-Wan. Okay. Obi-Wan Obi- really learns a lesson that the Force is not the Jedi Order. The Force is the Force.
1: I think it might even be like kind of show, like, show Obi-Wan is kind of like – because at this point he's still an arrogant Padawan. Yeah. Um, maybe even show like, him kind of like kind of scoff at one point and walk out kind of like I already know this. Not even necessarily okay. scoff. <laughs> not necessarily yeah. scoff, but like, kind of like walk out, like whatever. I already know this. Why are you telling this to me again? Yeah, but I think I don't think that would be Obi Wan. I mean, at the time, Obi-Wan's it was very
0: respectful to where Obi Wan might clock out, but he's going to be there. He's never going to turn his back on Qui Gon. He
1: loves Qui Gon. He really does. It's true, but at the same time, like he's—I'm not necessarily t- turn his back in a disrespectful way. Mm-hmm. More just be like, I already know this. Why are you telling this to me again? Like, kind of maybe instead of sitting there on the ledge. Mm-hmm. With them yeah. goes and works on like they could be doing the scene at the ship, and he could yeah. turn to work on the ship.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a really good idea. So we still need to establish that Anakin is the fucking goat. You do the pod race. Yeah. No, you have no, to you do the pod
1: race. race. Pod yeah. race is an These essential. Parts, that's the, the, the best scene in Phantom Menace, except exactly for the fight, the fight scene. Fight. Okay, I was we'll, about to be like, we'll dude, get to that yeah. in a second. Yeah. So, but up to this point, that is by far the best scene of the movie. So. So we're
0: on the ship. Anakin has to get this lesson from Qui-Gon about the Force. And and he has to come to terms and acknowledge that he is like Qui-Gon. He has that laser. Well, he doesn't have a laser sword, but he will. He will be strong in the Force. He will be wise and be strong during the pod race. And you have to establish the dickhead, Zibulba, or some bully that has just pestered Anakin all his life. So we're at the race. It comes down to those two. Zibulba is ahead anakin's behind anakin uses the force to crash sebulba's pod and kill him and he dies because you have to establish this pull to the dark side even in so slightly as it's like oh my god i didn't try to kill him i just really wanted to win i just really wanted to get to do something for you i wanted you to have the money to fix your ship yeah so we no- could all go and you justify that evil action To Anakin's mod at least.
1: I definitely, uh, in my, for the second episode, rewrite, I Mm -hmm. definitely talk about that more.
0: Yeah. So, we have Sebulba Die, we have Anakin Ruin, and we have Obi-Wan, more than Qui-Gon, really start to question this kid. Because he's 15. He has his whole life and experiences and connections to his mother. you have to do, I would say, you keep Shmi Skywalker, you do the exact same thing. You make that a loving mom. So here's this kid who's really only ever had one stable love in his life is gone to be a part of these arrogant Jedi that tell him to repress his feelings, which is a lot harder to do at 15 than it is
1: at 8. You get me? So Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I definitely think I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so... So we
0: we establish Anakin, we establish him as a strong Force user, we establish that he has this pull to the dark side, or he's willing to go to the dark side for other people, for what in his mind is the greater
1: good. I think we should pull more towards that he has a pull to the dark side, because that's what it is. Yeah. But he has to justify it to himself. Yeah. As the greater good. So
0: we arrive at the Jedi Council, and we have Mace, Yoda, Dooku, the other Jedi members, and... We have Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. And we have to talk about the Phantom Menace. This is where you really have to bring in lore of the Sith. Maybe the even eye.
1: have, like, saying like that other Jedi have gone out and been killed. Mm-hmm. And that they've discovered that it's, lightsaber marks.
0: Yeah. You have to do something into where Yoda and Mace have to be, like, it has to be a rogue Jedi. It has to be you know, somebody who got their hands on the lightsaber that we just didn't pick up and teach. They have to d- deny the Sith return.
1: Okay, so idea. Okay. Uh, in, Just like going back and rewriting the beginning, instead of like saying like that they didn't discover that it was like mm-hmm. lightsaber or whatever, say that they did discover that it was lightsaber, like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon mm-hmm. discovered that it was a lightsaber that did the damage and stuff like that, but their communicators are broken. They yeah. have no way to get back to the... Or and let get, them or know. They're jammed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they just for some reason can't get back to the council and let them know what's going on. Yeah. So, so more
0: Jedi die in the meantime while you're picking up Anakin. Exactly. And so when they Which finally gives get back in some guilt too, to that fear leads to the dark side. Exactly. Um, so we have Qui gon Obi Wan and Anakin discussing the Phantom Menace. And have
1: Yoda or Mace or Dooku say it so the title makes sense <laughs> in your movie. Exactly. And that way I can look at Josie and go, oh, my God, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> For sure. Um,
0: but you have to have – I think Yoda has to do it. I think Yoda has to be that arrogant Jedi where he denies, no, the Sith are not back. And then you have Dooku talk about Darth Bane.
1: I don't think you have Yoda do it. I think I think we keep Yoda as the quiet contemplator that he is. Okay. I think you bring in Mace. Okay. I think you get Mace to do it because honestly in my opinion Mace is the most arrogant of all Jedi. He is. So I think that it would be him to say there's no way that the Sith are back. We would have found them. Okay. Yeah.
0: I I 100% agree on that. Um, And then we have Dooku talk about not so much Darth Bane but the events surrounding Darth Bane. How there was a thousand years ago this great war where we used to have these uh, Jedi battle masters and how the Sith destroyed themselves trying to make the uh, that it was like some sort of bomb. I don't remember the name. Yeah. Um. And you say they're wiped out. That way you can have your Darth Bane trilogy. You can make it canon because you, uh, that's another thing you really can't rewrite is the Darth Bane. Trilogy. I mean, it and is. That was excellent. It
1: is technically canon because of the oh, TV anymore, show that Can uh, bangs oh, in it. Yeah, he is for for a short minute. Like uh, the story right. itself is not necessarily canon, but Darth Bane himself is canon. Yeah. Uh, I would also say I would change that it's. Dooku that says that, mm-hmm. I would say that Yoda brings it up. It, it gives Yoda that time to talk and show that he is very like wise and knows what he's talking about. Okay, yeah. I, think I think that Dooku does de- definitely have something to say after that, though. Yeah, I think I, that I respectfully
0: disagree because I'm getting to the point where we see the wise Yoda. Okay. On, okay. The, on the one-on-one test with Anakin. Okay, so I really want to establish that Dooku knows it because Dooku. Has I don't want to say a lust, but definitely an intrigue. He has an, an obsession dark with dark side. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have to establish that too as another reason why he would turn. To where he would go and look for these artifacts. To where he goes. Well, the last thing that I know for sure happened was the Sith destroyed themselves on this battle. Did anybody survive? I don't know. But you establish that like the Sith have been gone for a long time, and you and you kind of give a lore explanation that fans who are really interested in that can go read the Dark Bane trilogy and you can establish your books and, and do better as a Wars property. Okay. So we talk about that, we talk about how, you know, Mace denies that the Sith cannot return. And Qui-Gon and Obi Wan are like, You're wrong. And you have Obi Wan get pulled between the Council and Qui-Gon. Have sense of what, on who he Decides to decide with
1: okay. Have uh, are we keeping the instance where Maul, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan have their little fight on Tatooine? No. See, I would say that we do, because let Obi Wan and Qui Gon have seen that it is the Sith. Okay. Let them know for a fact that it is the Sith, and just have them sit there going, "Why don't you guys realize what's going on?" Yeah. Or maybe even have Anakin be the one that sees him mm-hmm. and sees the red lightsaber or something like that. Yeah. But, well, like, there was a rescue party sound out for Qui-Gon and
0: Obi-Wan on Tatooine, but the rescue party never got there because Maul showed up first and took That'd be out. a
1: badass scene to watch, too. Yeah. Because but that's that, a big thing in, in here. So, the thing that the prequels did so much better than the, forgive me, than the, the original scenes the, in the original. Is the fight scenes. Yeah. Because they're so beautiful in, in the, in the uh, prequels. Yeah. So, There's... I think that they need to have more fight scenes and I think that that would have been a really cool fight scene to have is him versus a couple lower level Jedi. They're not going to send masters out there. They're going to send knights and just show that Maul is a Jedi assassin. He hunts them down. That is what he does. That is what he, is what he was trained for.
0: Yeah. That, that's an excellent, excellent idea that I, I really you know support. There's a fan film uh, called Maul that you can look up on YouTube. It's, it's completely free um, where he takes on five. And they're like padawans and knights. They're not masters. And he, like you know, when it's a five on one, he's trying his hardest. But it the num the numbers dwindle, and he has more fun. And then at the end, he actually hesitates to kill this girl. But then there's a Palpatine hologram. And he's like, "Do it." And it's it's a really good fan film that shows how powerful Maul actually is,
1: because that is something that is horribly underutilized in Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so we. So to go back,
0: try and stay on track, we have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon now saying, hey, we saw him. Or we say, or Anakin actually steps up, being 15, a teenager, arrogant. He just won this pod race. He knows you can use the Force. He has has some hair on his balls now to where he's like, you're wrong, Mace Windu. I fucking saw him. Motherfucker, listen up, Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what fifteen-year-old could actually be like. Fuck you to Samuel L. Jackson face in a, in a screen or anything, but you have to establish that somehow. Yeah. Um, and I think Hayden Christensen could actually do it if you cast Hayden Christensen for all three movies.
1: How old was Hayden Christensen at the time? Do you think, he, or what did he look like? Do you think he could play a fifteen-year-old? See, so Phantom Menace was ninety-nine, and I think Attack of the Clones was like two
0: thousand two or two thousand one. So probably you give him some longer hair get some get some bangs in his eye a little dirt on his face and yeah he could probably pull off a 16 17 maybe at the time it'd be
1: rough it'd be it'd be a tough one i think 17's honestly too old for anakin so like if you i think you know going down to six, oh, like 16 15 i think it'd be kind of rough i think you might need to find a might have to go younger like 13 or something like that to find like a more of a child you might actor. actually have
0: to cast a child actor well, child actors are a lot better now than what they it's were. It's true. Like, look at Stranger Things, kids. It's true. I just but think I you would have kids. to find
1: somebody who's a little bit younger just to pull, it, like, just to pull mm-hmm. it off that it's a different actor because I don't think Hayden Christensen could do it.
0: Yeah. Well, at the time when they were actually being made. Anyway, we have Anakin say, fuck you, Mace Windu. I saw him. You're wrong. And you have Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan both come to his defense because they knew that their Jedi compatriots were, were killed on the trade ship. So, we have Count Dooku, Master Dooku, actually, at this time, agree, and they, you know, give Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan a ship, they give him some men to go and face the Naboo threat, the Naboo invasion. Um, So, from there, we actually have to cut to the Senate meeting, which was arguably the worst part of the Phantom Menace, besides Jar Jar, was a boring-ass Meetings in the Senate. But you only have one scene. And you have uh, Amidala say, we need help. And you have the Chancellor of Valorum go, absolutely not. This will cause a civil war. And then you have Palpatine, Palpatine run the room. You have that empowered speech that like that dictator speech that you saw in like history class of hitler like you need something you need a speaker that powerful to take this universe of senators and be like fuck we got we got to do something for naboo yeah you have to establish palpatine as a leader a speaker and a manipulator and you can maybe be like he was so powerful in the force that he tricked all these dumb fucking politicians
1: who cares? Any way you do it, He's you doing have to it.
0: establish Palpatine as like, no, I'm in charge now, actually. So you can kick out Chancellor Valorum, you can establish Palpatine as Chancellor, as President of the Universe. You can do that in this film. But you have to really nail home Palpatine instead of Palpatine whispering in Amidala's ear to get rid of Valorum. No, you have to have Palpatine take center stage and establish your, your villain.
1: But also, at the same time, to kind of show that manipulation hmm He should do it in a way that he's almost putting the focus on Amidala, uh, on Padme herself. Yeah. yeah. That, that speech would have to just be one of those epic speeches. Yeah, no, it that, that's like that's the speech that a team of writers works on. Yeah. But at the same time I think that it's one like it's I think that if they did that, that would have been one of the key moments in the series. Not just mm-hmm. the sequels, but the series itself.
0: Yeah, of of the the rise of the Sith, with from the Republic itself, from planting those seeds. Uh, so after the Senate meeting, you you keep the focus on Palpatine, and you have Palpatine and Maul in. You know, I think you should do it in the set of uh, Chancellor Palpatine's office. You have the Sith just right there in the center of the universe, just having a, a discussion. Like they, they're already so far deep into winning. Uh, this war against the jedi and you have them talk about the dark side you have them talk about um how the dark side works about their anger and rage and passion for what they're doing and you have palpatine make a promise you say tonight my master dies you establish
1: Plagueis. i don't know i completely disagree with that I think you that, just had a screwed up look on your face, so I was like, "Gonna stop right here and yeah. let Tav talk." No, just I completely disagree with all of that. Okay, um, I I like the fact that they kept Plagueis in the background and didn't bring him in. He's more of a mm-hmm. legend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it would be very interesting to get more of an explanation on the dark side, mm-hmm. but I think that they should keep with the theme of like, or the status quo that they've established. Yeah, that Palpatine's the goat, the only one. That, but not even necessarily that. Like the overall theme is that the second movie in the in the in the trilogy is the dark side movie, mm-hmm. so maybe have an encounter in that movie with Dooku and Palpatine or Dooku and Anakin, mm-hmm. where they talk about the dark side. Yeah, and I think I just I think that that's just too on the nose, and it are you have to just give hints that Palpatine is the bad guy. You can't just come out and say it right then. Okay. So, uh, I that's fair, but I think most people
0: going in to see *Phantom Menace* already saw the original trilogy and would put two and two together rather quickly. Especially if we do this huge grand speech that puts Palpatine. in
1: power. It's true. It's true, but there are people like us who didn't see the yeah. the originals first. Yeah. So I think I think that's people who are going into it are already mm-hmm. knowing that Palpatine is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt them, but people who don't, it enhances that experience. Yeah, because
0: Star Wars is still, at its core, a kids' movie. So I, I I can agree with your point. So anyway, there still has to be a conversation between Palpatine and Maul because Maul needs more screen time
1: because Maul's a badass. Maul is absolutely amazing, and if you don't know anything about Maul, I really recommend that you read some of the books and stuff about him because he's a badass.
0: Yeah, there's a five-issue comic uh, that Marvel-Disney put out about Darth Maul and about how he kills his first Padawan. Excellent. Excellent. I won't spoil it for you. Here. He's also in the Plagueis book. He is, minorly. Um, yeah, all go read Legends. If you're a Star Wars fan, read Legends. Start with the Darth Bane trilogy and just go up from there.
1: B- the Bane trilogy is the best.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so just try and stay on track. Maul and Palpatine have a conversation. We can argue over where. They have to have a conversation where Maul... Goes, give me those two Jedi's who have eluded me. Give them to me. Okay, Okay. let me
1: serve you, master. But it has to be a a situation, and like kind of like how in the other ones it's over like the hologram or something like that, or we just don't see Palpatine. Yeah, we just you
0: you cloak him and you keep just like his mouth or whatever you want to do. You have to have him have a conversation where Maul is like, let me serve you. I want this. You have to establish this bloodlust that a Sith assassin would have. And you have Palpatine make him an offer, make Maul an offer. I will give, I will consider you my apprentice. I will name you Darth if you bring this boy to me. And then you show an image of Anakin, uh, you know, maybe tinkering with like a toy light, not a toy light, a practice blade or something. I want to establish without them talking that Palpatine knows that Anakin's the Chosen One. So I really want to establish Yeah, that. no,
1: that's fine. I agree with that. I just don't agree with the make the deal to call them Darth. Bring Dar- Like, he's already a Darth by the time this book... Um, by the time this... It's, he's not. We don't... Mm. That's only in, the, like, the book. You only find yeah. You only find that out from reading Plagueis. But I think just going into it, no, like, don't bring up the fact that he's not a Darth at the beginning of it. If you want to go with that mm-hmm. and... If he is a Darth already, don't worry about it. Just don't bring up the Darth thing because that's not necessarily important until you really go into the structure of the Rule of Two. And yeah, we're which, not going... Like I said, I don't think you should go into in this movie. That's a lot do, to cover that in that your second. Movie. Okay. Then there has to be something where... Or I guess Palpatine just has to give the order. Bring me this boy. It shows that Maul is subservient to him at the very least, which is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I can see that. So... so Maul agrees. We're going to go kidnap Anakin. We're going to go for it. And he and he knows where he's going to be because we go to the next scene. of. And I want this to kind of be a one-on-one. I really want to do this instead of being in the whole council, but I don't think it would work. Um, the reason I want it to be a one-on-one is because we only ever see Yoda as a one-on-one teacher in terms of the original trilogy, but it it goes against the arrogance of the Jedi theme that the prequels really have. So you have to do it in the council room. But Yoda is our main speaker, our main uh, point of focus in this scene. Yoda talks to Anakin. He does that little test, that force uh, ability test. You know, you don't have to establish many colonians, but you're like, jump. Just close your eyes and jump. And you see Anakin shoot up. You see mind tricks. You see you know, minor force abilities or some sort of test that would be standard... For younglings that Anakin just aces because he's fifteen. He's been doing this subtly for a long time now.
1: Okay. I, you had me until you said mind trick. That's just such an advanced move. Okay. But like okay. I, I, agree the basic, I agree with basic Rest. I agree with Rest. Like ability. I said, that, that one, one just put like that, that one. You one, had man. me into that.
0: And you do the the speech. You do Yoda's line. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Anakin goes, I'm not afraid. He pulls his son's move and Yoda leans in. Goes, you will be, you will be. Because it establishes, like, in my rewrite, Anakin and Maul have not necessarily a face-to-face confrontation, but they come damn close to it again because of Palpatine's order to go get Anakin. Okay, so we go, we go in our we have our final fight sequences. We have the Naboo fight. The Naboo invasion kind of plays out the exact same way, except for no Gungan fucking blue ball of destruction thing that they have (laughs) you do you know Padme goes and she meets up with you know the Republic
1: forces and the Bu forces and they go and they retake the capital like that's their whole mission I mean the whole point of the second movie is that the Republic has no standing army I think that you destroy the army here you make this like a big siege battle okay and that this just totally wipes out the army but then Mm -hmm. okay the way, like, the Clone Army is so forced.
0: I know. Because mm. I think, with my rewrite, I am jumping the Clone Wars. I really am. I, but the Clone Wars are so important. Uh, so then so, we just have the Jedi, a Jedi task force. We have, like, eight or nine be assigned to go fight with a
1: Naboo militia. How about that? Yeah, okay. okay. Or you even bring in, like, you bring in a couple other planets or whatever that say. Yeah, some allies, some close, like, close Alder- you can bring in the Alderaan militia.
0: Yeah, Alderon, uh, you can do like Mon Calamara, get to Mon Calamara like Akbar, you have like Commander Akbar. Yeah. Or you Lieutenant you can bring Akbar you can bring in like some that. like
1: fan service right there. Yeah, that's what that's where your fan and service bring is. Bring in then. like establish that they're militia. Mm-hmm. Because that and like that this is a small army, but you're also facing droids who are Roger Roger. So like yeah. you don't need a huge force.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're doing cars. Droidicars. <laughs> Droidica I don't know how to say Droidicas. That, Droidicas, those spinny death balls. Anyway, so the, you have, you have a, the Naboo invasion. You, you reestablish everything. You send, you send Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. They go through. They cut through the capital, and, and they're winning. They're pretty good. Palpatine doesn't really give a fuck about Naboo. He gives a fuck about the Jedi and planting seeds in the Republic, which he's already done. So he can he can lose Naboo. No big deal. And then you you hear that.
1: Dum, 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 dum. Good old duel of the fates.
0: Yeah. And you you pull out that same thing. Takes off the cloak. Qui Gon tells Anakin to dip, and then Maul hears that name. He's like, "That's that boy. I need to go get him." And he charged Maul makes the first move. He charges.
1: Okay. I I'll go with it. Just
0: hear me out, and I'll let me just go through my fight. Okay, and then you can critique. Okay. So Maul goes after it, Anakin runs, Anakin's not in a spaceship or anything like that. You can establish, like, maybe there's, like, a like uh, like a like a central command point that shuts off all the droids and things like that. You can have that space battle, because it's Star Wars, you need a space battle. You can establish that. Like, you have the militia take over the, the hangar in the barracks, suit up, glide up, they take those nice little yellow ships, which are low key some of my favorite ships in Star Wars. I really just like the schleek look of it, like for I mean, Naboo. All, honestly all the Naboo ships are pretty like pretty fire. Yeah. So, they go up, they they go and try to knock out the central command point for the droids, whatever. Um during the fight, they realize that oh my god, it's actually on Naboo and we just left it. We just left the way to knock out all these droids. Like have a little haha misdirection thing. Okay. Just hear me out. (laughs) I'm listening. I'm listening. So, you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, they're they're good. Qui-Gon was, I think, third or fourth in the Jedi Order in terms of lightsaber ability. Um, Like, after Mace, Dooku, and Yoda, he was like four or five, something like that. So, like, they're good. Maul's having, you know, a little bit more trouble than he thought because Maul is also arrogant. And then you have Anakin somehow get that message that, oh my God, the command point is in... The, the Naboo reactor, where that fight is taking place. So you have Anakin there, but he has to go and try to knock it out. Like he he takes that initiative to no, I'm gonna save. Excuse me, <laughs> he's gonna save my new allies. I Have to edit that out and post. So eventually, you know, you take your fight through the the Naboo reactor, and you play it damn near the exact same way. Maul is leading Qui Gon somewhere. Maul is just taking Obi Wan out the fight. You keep that fight damn near the same because it is so good. Until we get to the actual um, knockout point for the reactor where Anakin is tinkering with it. And you see, Darth Maul sees that and has, I guess, the the spatial advantage to go after and kill Anakin. Qui-Gon sacrifices himself to save Anakin and Anakin gets away, but also knocking out the reactor. So Qui-Gon's there dying. And that—that's where we go back to the lesson. Obi Wan lets, lets go; he lets, he lets go of the Jedi Order, he lets go of his abilities, or, or his—you know—his training, and lets the Force flow through him in honor of his master to take out Maul. And you can have the whole—he's hanging from a ledge. Maul's arrogant, so he slices him in half. Although he doesn't have the
1: high ground anymore, because that's a fucking thing, apparently. I mean, so in that case, I honestly—I always thought that. Obi-Wan gave in to the dark side a little bit in that scene. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much that he let the force flow through him. I think it was that he gave in to the dark side. And I think that that was a very symbolic thing. That he was able to give in but come back. Yeah. Which Anakin was not. So, I guess, I guess, I guess. I don't
0: necessarily like that. Because I guess you have to bring Obi-Wan to his lowest low to build him up to the Jedi that he was... In four, and at the end of three, I think
1: that it truly does affect him, mm-hmm. like because he is such a like a stalwart force for mm-hmm. the light side in the later movies, mm-hmm. and not giving in because he knows what it's like to give in, and he. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that it, I think that it's important that he gave in. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's outwardly said. But I think character development-wise, it is something that is okay. truly important.
0: So I'm going to play middle ground with you here for a little bit. He gives in. He wants to have the force just flow through him. But it's so much easier, and he's so much stronger flowing towards the dark side. Yeah,
1: no, that's fine. That like As long as there is dark side involved, I'm happy with it, just solely for the fact that I think that the dark side being part of it affected yeah. his character.
0: So he kills Maul. Obi-Wan you know, finish the fight. He kills Maul. Maul stays dead instead of bringing him back with robot legs and doing him criminal underworld style stuff. It's really cool because we got to see more Maul, but it was—it just wasn't necessary. It just wasn't necessary. It was cool in the Clone Wars TV show. It was great to see him again and establish Savage Opress, but I, you should have stayed.
1: I think you can leave it, So, like, or maybe not even, just, maybe just stab him. Don't cut him in half, maybe. Stab him, let him fall through the exactly. Exactly. Like, I think you can leave it because it did lead to some really cool storylines in the TV show, so I'm fine mm-hmm. leaving it. But maybe do it in a way where he didn't get cut in half and only has legs. Yeah, maybe something where
0: he can probably you know walk
1: walk that off. Cut an arm off.
0: Yeah,
1: I would think like a gut stab to an arm off. Exactly, you know, like cut something off just so that way he can be partly robot because this is Star Wars. Everybody's gonna be part robot. Yeah, but yeah. So
0: we have both Obi Wan and Anakin cradling Qui Gon as he dies, and then you have Qui Gon make Obi Wan promise to. You know, train the boy, and we have Anakin promise that he will be trained. But I really want Anakin to be there as another pull towards the dark side. Because he has this guilt of, like, this mentor, this father figure that he never had dying. And he feels like that's his fault. And I think that there would be a really cool push for Anakin to go dark
1: because of that guilt that he just feels inside of his heart. Okay, I can get behind that because that also could possibly lead into some really cool stuff in the future, Mm -hmm. and it leads to him turning to the dark side to save people because he relied on maybe the light side in this one, and it didn't work. Yeah, so I
0: I think that that's a great pull to the dark for future films, and especially with Phantom Menace being your setup film, I think that's the way to go. That's how I would do it is have Anakin be there at Qui-Gon's death and to be partially the reason why he did die. So, you know, the fight's over. Naboo wins. We have that, like, little cheery song at the end. John Williams. Can we just talk about John Williams for, like, 30 seconds here? Oh, my God. The greatest
1: composer ever. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely. He he is a superstar. He he's mm-hmm. a god of movie composers.
0: Yeah, there is no Star Wars without John Williams, which really speaks volumes to how good the music is in Star Wars because there's still, you know, he composed for Jurassic Park and it's hard to think of Jurassic Park without that theme. Same for Harry Potter, but all of the music in Star Wars is John Williams.
1: It's true and, like, there's no way you don't think of Vader and think of the Imperial March.
0: Yeah. Like, those those themes are so engraved into into, into society, not Mm -hmm. even pop culture. Yeah,
1: no, like, they they play the Darth Vader, like, the Imperial March, stuff like that. At football games, when like, and like mm-hmm. everybody's like, "Oh shit's about to go down," you know, like, you know, like they play it, and you know yeah. you know what it's, you know supposed, it's supposed to mean. mean, yeah,
0: and that's it's just so great. So we have, we have our celebrations, have we have the Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, the Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon funeral, but, okay. but I want to end uh, very differently. I want to end after the funeral of Qui-Gon with one extra scene. Dooku do- do- is heartbroken. He's do- raging. You see. Things shaking, you see things being crushed. He is giving in to the dark side because he is upset that the Jedi did not take Qui-Gon seriously, send more men to, to fight Maul, to take over Naboo, and he thinks that the Jedi Council is the reason why Qui-Gon
1: died. And I think that if you just, er, earlier in the movie and stuff like that, maybe have a little, like, walking and talking scene between Qui-Gon and... Mm-hmm. You have to establish Duke, friendship. You have to establish that mentorship because Qui-Gon was... Dooku's student. Just establish that real quick. It's a solid 30 seconds of your movie, Mm -hmm. and it just makes this final scene so much more.
0: Oh, yeah. So we have Dooku crush his, his room, I guess, in the Jedi Temple and leave. But as he's storming out, who is before him? The new Chancellor Palpatine. Roll credits. I like it. I think because you have... Dooku be become dark, and it makes the villain, I guess the minor villain of the series, so much better to establish him early instead of just bringing him in. Oh, he turned to the dark side off screen. uh He killed Jedi off screen. But da da da. You have the reason why right there in front of you. Yeah, no, I like it. Dooku would leave, and I think, so I think. So I think the two most important or three most important things in in our rewrite that we have. You know, collaborated on here for a past hour is we, we age up anakin we establish dooku early we, do we make Qui-Gon's, qui-gon's death uh anakin's indirect, indirect fault as a, as a pull to the dark side
1: yeah yeah so uh we we take away the padme reveal because that's totally mm-hmm. unnecessary yeah uh, everything else between out. the t- everything else between the two of them i can keep Everything yeah. else, was it, was it was fun, it was fine, it didn't really add to the movie, but it didn't take mm-hmm. away. So yeah, I'm fine with rewrite, leaving that. Yeah, in our, in our rewrite, we
0: actually never put Anakin and Padme together, so we would probably have to have that scene. I think you
1: would do it during the Naboo I mean, siege or the take back. I, I kind of just assumed in a lot of the scenes where we're skipping over, yeah. like the, we didn't talk about how Qui-Gon gets, oh, I mean, gets Anakin and stuff like that. I assumed all that stayed the same.
0: No, because I never put Padme. I don't. I don't think Padme should have ever left Naboo because she's that queen with that people. Well, no, she needs to leave. Well,
1: no, she needs to be there for Coruscant. So maybe at the at the temple they meet. I mean, you I mean, can love say love that, love that she, she leaves she on the ship, ship with them. them. Yeah. yeah, I mean when she she's told to leave Naboo, so she leaves with them. Yeah, yeah. and then she's yeah she would you would have to establish Padme kind of
0: there from the beginning as a negotiator, or like maybe maybe that's how. We separate our four Jedi is Obi Wan, Qui Gon escort her back to her her room, her barracks, or Maybe. something like that. Yeah, to so kind of put her there throughout the film. Okay, yeah, I I, oh, I like that from
1: the beginning. So Dang she's man. just kind of there, stuck with them yeah, on and Naboo no, no, no. because here's right, this, on Tatooine.
0: I would I would put Padme around eighteen, nineteen because that's in you know. U.S. society—that's the age of an adult. Like you could trust an 18-year-old to lead a
1: lot better than a 13-year-old girl. I mean, she's 16, but yeah. Like I I said, if you if you canonize Plagueis, like the book, then I'm fine keeping her young young because, like I said, it illustrates just how badass of a politician she is. But without that, I'm fine. Okay. Like with with that, like if you want to, if we don't canonize Plagueis, then go ahead and put her 18. That's fine. Yeah, because it still shows that if she was able to be elected as the equivalent to a president of a planet, she's still pretty badass. Yeah. But I think if you do it where it's, she's the youngest one and stuff like that, it's it's cool. So I think it really adds something to her character that was missing in all of this. Yeah. Like all of Star Wars, I think that it adds something to it.
0: Yeah. In, in episode two, you kind of saw Padme as a badass because she fought that cat lizard thing yeah. in, in, in Attack of the Clones but then in three she's just kind of pregnant she's like I'm pregnant oh my
1: god Annie can
0: yeah so you and And, you know this is general Leia's mom exactly you gotta establish some badassery
1: yeah no I I think that they really could have done a lot better with Padme but we'll just have to do it in our re
0: so that's it the Phantom Rewrite episode one of Two Dudes in a Podcast thank
1: you guys for showing up Uh, please follow us on all of the social medias we have a Twitter that we will be setting up are we setting it up on in Instagram? Um, if so
0: Let means, us know what, what y'all would want. I don't know what we would really take pictures of. It's just our little room that I we mean, record. Well, we'll definitely have a Twitter set up yeah, and maybe a, a Facebook page to to really try and talk to you guys. Exactly.
1: Uh, please go onto to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and give us a five-star review. I don't care if you write something terrible about us. We just need that five-star review to go ahead and get onto the top of the charts so that way more people can see us. And please mm-hmm. tell your friends about us.
0: That word of mouth is... is probably the most powerful thing to get somebody to listen to for sure
1: also we are a a brand new podcast and so if you want to have a part and possibly even shaping the way that our podcast goes from here on forward give us a review and like tell us what you guys want to hear about what you would change about the podcast and if we like it we'll go with it thank you thank you thank you so much for listening we will be back shortly
0: with episode two rewrite which we will come up with the title for that as we're writing i guess
1: see you guys next week thank you so much Bye bye.